Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Are we on? Yeah, we're on. Oh, we're nice. On. Just see. Nice. And I don't know if this will go on your wall or not, but I tagged you in it. So. Okay. Perfect. Welcome. Thank you. Thank for you. Uh, making the time. It's Thank been you a for while. having me. It's been to... a long time coming. Yeah. And uh, it was cool the kind of the first time we met. I mean. It was and... a little wild. <laughs> uh, definitely. I think most people, when they meet me, though, that seems to be the general consensus. Is well, that there was a wild time involved. Something. <laughs> so, yeah. Something occurred where, yeah, it was. I was. Semi out of control. I call you um, intuitive. Uh, aware. Yes. Well, only because you said, oh, well. Well, I don't know what you said. Something Empathic. like you're a smarty I'm pants very, or something. Oh, listen I'm, to you. What? Like, well, oh, I didn't you, know. You try to throw those big <laughs> words in there, right? But uh, no, empathic is what I said, and uh, oh. I've been that way since I was a young girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then, wow, you got some great reaction on the fake book, which we're live I on now. I did. Yes, very much so. And I like your friends better than I posted <laughs> uh, mine. Because, uh, I don't know. Let's. Uh, it, it, they had such a great contribution. Your, yes, you know, they your post did. was something like, "I'm going on Jim Fannin show in the next couple of weeks." Right. We're going to talk about MPD and narcissists. Uh, narcissists. Right. Uh, it's a hard uh, word to you know, say, isn't it? Narcissists. Yeah. Narcissists. Yeah. And you know, general mental health and anything that you know, and uh, got any ideas like. And, you know, what should we talk about? I mean, we could probably talk about MPD for I think hours and hours. I think it would be hours worth of conversation for sure. Yeah, and your friends are all just like, oh, I want to know. Oh, they're right Tell into Tell me it. this. They're tell right me this. Tell it. me because this. Because a lot of my friends are into mental health and they're yeah. into, um, let's just say, different things. Mm-hmm. So this was right up their alley. So how do you describe yourself then? Give, me, give us kind of like a bio so or a quick So I've been an RN for almost 15 years. And uh, I've worked everywhere, emergency room, medical, um, telemetry, and um, just recently got into psychotherapy. So I've been seeing patients um, with a myriad of disorders, uh, depression, anxiety mostly. Um, But one thing I've noticed is that Niagara region is really, um, the rates of mental health issues, it's really soaring. Right? Do, do you do you find that? I mean, well, really, like heard... we see a lot of things on the news, the local news, mm-hmm. about you know suicides and depression and. Yeah, you, they used to say that about cancer. I think it was a wives' tale. I don't. I've never looked at the numbers, and I don't know. I would think that they're pretty average across the board. But what would make St. Catherine's special needs as far as mental health goes? Well, I just I don't know that it's special or needs. Or even Niagara. I'd say it's just. I think you could tend to agree that we're seeing a lot more, especially with young people, mm. uh, presenting with these sorts of issues, mm-hmm. um, depression mostly, right? Mm. And I don't know if that, I don't really know what would um, be the cause of it. I but think it's I think, phones. well, I, th- I think that's part of it. But I think depression is really, there's a myriad of reasons why it presents itself. Right. And Mm. I think personally, of course, I just want to put this out there that all of my contributions today are on a personal, like an -hmm. an opinionated from an opinionated. Not giving medical advice. Right. Right. I don't don't want to bring whip out the research and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just I Mm -hmm. want to make this more of a personal based um, 
video, if you will. Yeah, yeah. And I think we're seeing it, it especially for young women. And yes. that's why I think social media and addiction and depression seem to go along with each other. I, I feel, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but, and the addiction to the phone is another level. And oh, yeah. so they're addicted to social media. They're constantly looking for that dopamine push. Yes. And then the comparisons, especially oh, for young women, they're right. just, they're, it's, they're up it, to their eyes in it. And, and it's and, becoming commonplace with, with younger girls. Mm-hmm. Like I've heard girls as young as nine and 10, and I can speak from this personally, um, being a recovering anorexic, I'm going to delve into a little personal history here. Wow. Okay. Um, for many years I dealt with eating disorders and I'm hearing girls as young as nine, you know, saying that they need to go on diets. Um, you know, skimping out on food, you know, this kind of a thing. And I think you're absolutely right. I think the comparisons on social media are so commonplace. And it's truly affecting girls that are, you know, really young. Yeah, I'm not sure how it's different from the photoshopping of the Vogue magazine to, you know, Becky down the street, you know, how how that comparison is, it seems to be more biting it seems to have a a greater effect when it's your friends that you're comparing yourself to and then you're going to school with and yes and we all know right i hate to use the word fake book Mm -hmm. but we all know that nobody's showing the bad part of their life Mm. right it's mostly the highlighted reels Mm. and so people are seeing all the good stuff of their friends feeds Mm -hmm. and they're not necessarily seeing all of the undertow of pain or negativity that they might be experiencing Mm. right yeah i i don't use it for that or i don't find that that's my tendency Mm. my social media is basically an anger outlet like Mm -hmm. i am an angry like if you go to my twitter feed (laughs) i have i have there's no good news there i'm pissed off and i'm i'm pissed off by people and situations and news and politics and and you know, I try to caution people. Anybody that sat down with me for five minutes knows. Well, see, I'm, I knew you before, so I was, I was, I was well equipped. Yeah, before all no, that. but yeah. it's I, I say to people, even sometimes on Twitter, it's a lost cause. But my, tw- like, I'm not my Twitter profile. Right. Like, I'm not that angry. I actually right. really love people. Right. And but this is this is my my avenue is well, my you know uh, vehicle for it. Jim, I mean, know? people are going to judge you no matter what. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't matter if you were, you know, Pope John Paul on your feed. I mean, really, people are going to judge you regardless of who and what you portray, mm-hmm. right? So, I mean, I know personally, I take anybody's insults or personal judgments of me with a grain of salt because well, especially the the if day, it's if it's somebody you, do, you don't know, then that's easier to do than if it's somebody connected in your community that. that's yeah. like, I don't have too many haters. Uh, but I was just looking, August 4th, I must have been a bad boy on Twitter because you know how your inbox for the people that you're following, or it goes to one place, but then right. it says requests or whatever on the other side? Yes, yeah. Just before you got, <laughs> I clicked on request for whatever. <laughs> Dude's like... I'll pay you twenty bucks if I can punch you in the balls. And, what? and other the other guy said you're an old piece of, I don't know, you're something about old, like you're you're an old man or something like this. 
I'm like, hmm, I wonder what I was doing on August 4th. Actually, that's my mother's birthday. Oh, dear. <laughs> He's coming after me. Of all days. 20 bucks. I almost res- I might even still respond well, you know, to him you now. you could make a I'll good say, market for like, that, hey, right? how long? Ball punching for 20 bucks. How long can it, is it going to take you to get here? <laughs> when can you be <laughs> yeah, here? Yeah. Is it going to be cash or check? I'm on my front porch. Yeah, is it going to be cash or check? Yeah. But uh, so, uh, yeah, that, that's what I use it for. But I, I'm more, I guess, concerned with the... Uh, the younger generation coming up, um, you know, I, I don't think it's like it's evil. I, the fact that you have all this information at your hand it is powerful and you can certainly use it entrepreneurially if you're if you've got the motivation. Yes. Um, but it's interesting but to people see are addicted, young boys right? and young girls are having different problems in different times and different areas with different symptoms mm. and, and uh, mm-hmm. how it manifests is different, too. And. Young boys are in trouble too right now. I yes. mean, as far as yes, everybody. And you know this this culture where everyone gets a participation trophy, oh, and yes. you're 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 perfect just the how you are. The gold star, the gold star, and no. that's and that's really how narcissistic traits are born, aren't you, they? You're not perfect just how you right? are. You're this, actually this is how deficient in so many areas, it, and you should be striving to be better all the time. Right. You can have whatever you want. Uh, you can be anybody you want. Well, mm-hmm. no. Mm-hmm. You can be anyone you want if you if you put the time and you learn and you work and you bust your ass. You can be anyone yes. you want. Like they're truly, uh, you know. So this idea that you know you're perfect just the way you are and and uh, you can do anything you want. Well, no. You, you, you know, there's another part well, to the equation. You, you have I to put the time in. You, you do. Have to work. You do. And I think that's sorely lacking in modern mm-hmm. society. Right? People just think that Coddling. they can do. A and get B without any effort in, involved. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think this is where we're seeing a lot of these disorders crop up right. uh, is through this this line of thinking. And uh, so we talk depression, anxiety is what you see the most of? Yes, and then without so a doubt. Just- and I also see people who are trying to recover from insults incurred by narcissistic personality disorder, you know, people that have they've been in relationships with who've mm. had the disorder trying to recover from the insult and it's yeah there's a lasting injury and you know it's I, I find it fascinating i've done a deep dive on it because i i wasn't aware of what it was mm-hmm. i'd always heard it mm-hmm. but i was led to you know do a little searching on it i'm like and then I was fascinated by it. And then almost every expert that I saw, every counselor, any doctor or anybody that had been through it, their their final uh, their final decision on this as far as advice goes was always run. Cut it and run. But if it's your mother or your father or your brother or your yeah, significant so other, I mean, it's not – you can't just cut and run if these people – Unless you don't want them in your life anymore, but I was I was surprised to find out that one, it doesn't seem like there's a medication for this. No, Two, the no. the the narcissist will never, hardly ever go. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I got a problem and I need to change something about You're myself. You're absolutely right, and that and that's the that's the hardest part of of trying to get these individuals into some sort of therapy is the realization that there is something wrong with them, that there's a flaw. 
Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Because there's that grandiosity and mm-hmm. that superiority complex. Right. So you're absolutely right. It's very hard um, to treat individuals with this because they will not admit that there's a problem. Mm. Right. Whereas when you when you see somebody who has anxiety or or depression, most of the times they are so. You know, it's caused such an onslaught of sadness and pain in their life that they're willing to do anything to be rid of it. Not so with the narcissists. Mm. It's not that way. Because to them, their whole persona is not, there's no imperfections. Mm. Interesting that, that, that you go to that extreme to hide your deep-seated insecurity Mm -hmm. and so i i'm pretty familiar with how it manifests in a couple different ways and i see less of the grandiose thing Mm -hmm. but i notice and this this might not be narcissism but the person that never will take responsibility it's always someone else's fault and i think that's kind of rampant in society today personal responsibility is not well, something we're doing really well I with say, these days this is why i say jim it's very important to not label people as narcissistic personality disorder because mm-hmm. they may just be showing us traits right right mm-hmm. and the delineating factor between the two is a lack of empathy and that's key So somebody might be very grandiose about who they are and have high expectations of self and um, not admit to failure, defeat, um, all of the DSM-5 indicators of, of NPD. But really what they're displaying are the traits. Right. Right. And I think it's very easy for people to wrongly assume that people have NPD. Mm. Um, For example, one of my dear friends, who I won't name, of course, had said to me a couple of weeks ago, well, this girl, she must have NPD because she changes her profile pic like every day. Well, not so fast. That is an assumption. And it's also, yes, it's a trait. Like we see Kim Kardashian. She's probably the most famous person that is out there with selfies. I think she created it. Hmm. Or maybe you did with this picture here. I don't yeah, know. But ago. but she was pretty well the creator of the selfie craze. Um, but again, I, I had to correct her and say, you know, it's not a disorder. It's a trait. So hmm. it's very important that we look at people from a non-judgmental perspective. Because it's very easy to label people. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my takeaway point right there. Okay, so how, tell us a little bit about how it typically manifests. I know it can manifest in a whole bunch of ways, but I think you were talking about five out of 11 traits or something like that. Then, I mean, so when you find the uh, the most narcissistic people, well, what are they Well, if we're usually? talking about most, they've done studies. And again, I'm not going to whip out studies on the show. Um, just for, you know, lack of time and what have you. And quite frankly, it's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, but most Hollywood celebrities have actually ranked pretty high with narcissism. So Madonna, you know, Donald Trump, 
all the ones that you would think, you know, very um, always trying to reinvent themselves, putting themselves in the spotlight, mm. um, talking about self all the time. But again, the defining feature of NPD is a lack of empathy, right? So, you know, you're in the schoolyard when you're a kid and you call someone fat and they cry and you feel bad. They don't have that. Mm. There's no feeling bad associated with um, their actions. And that's where people are victims of people with NPD. That's how people become victims. Because they don't care about the other person. Everything is exploitative mm. and manipulative. Right? Because mm. a lot of people are grandiose. They, they want to do this and they want to do that. And they want to change careers. That doesn't necessarily mean you're, you have narcissistic personality disorder. So it's very important to not, like I said, judge or uh, misperceive <laughs> what you're seeing in people. So that's uh, just ice cold then as far as so like you look at somebody like that and you just go, wow, it's just nothing. It depends. Like I said, there's the three types of narcissists, which we were discussing earlier. And, and of course, um, the worst kind is the malig malignant narciss narcissist, right? So they don't have any capacity to feel somebody's pain. You know, if they do something wrong to somebody or they exploit somebody, they, there's no empathy or concern. Hmm. So I think that's the worst one is the malignant narcissist. Try saying that 10 times yeah. fast. It's and what, what else? What are the other two? Well, there's the less common one, like I was saying before, is the, the sort of um, the one that's behind the scenes. Right. The one that that, that isn't that that hides in the shadows and isn't, mm -hmm. you know, doesn't have uh, outward gestures of grandiosity or superiority, but they mm -hmm. still have those thoughts and they're still able to exploit people. So mm -hmm. it's it's uh, certainly like I said, we'd need hours to talk about all the different, <laughs> you know, the variety of ways that these people operate. Um, but it's no doubt fascinating. And I think you could see uh, from the responses on my page that people mm. are, were either victims of these people or just wanted to know more about the disorder. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I did uh, quite a deep dive on it, learned quite a lot. I, I haven't done as much um, in the communication department. Mm -hmm. like, how do you, is there a way, is there a tactic, is there a technique to get through, to handle, to, to, you know, manipulate back? Because you feel like you're, you're really being, your strings are really being pulled. It's such pulled. an indiv individualistic approach. And, and it's that way with all mental health disorders. Um, one size doesn't fit all. Um, so you could go to therapy, you could sit down with somebody that, is saying that you are um, showing or displaying signs of NPD and have somebody who's, you know, an objective participant look and say, well, you know, you are sort of showing these signs and symptoms of, of this disorder. But again, it's whether or not the person is willing to say that they have it. And that, if you read all of the research and, you know, 
articles, journal articles on, on this disorder. That's half the battle is getting these people to admit that there is some type of flaw or that people are, you know, that's another common um, sign of this is that they always think people are envious of them. They always think people are envious of them or they're envious of other people. And it's not a normal envy. It's an over-the-top envy, right? So everything that they do, if they're perceived in a negative way, it's, oh, she's jealous of me. Oh, he's jealous of me. So they can never look at self as being the culprit. Hmm. And again, there's no pill you can take for this disorder. There's no pill you can take. It's not like depression where we give you Paxil or Zoloft or... Hmm. um, you know, Cymbalta, it's not like that. It really has to come from within. You really have to look within yourself and be able to say, there's a problem here. And the way that I'm treating people, uh, you have to look at the failed relationships that you've had in your life and how many of them you've had and why they've gone south, right? What, what, what was the reason behind it? And if it's always been something you've been doing, well, that's a pretty good indicator, <laughs> I see you sort well, of skulk just, back when I say well, that. Well, it's just no. The yeah, it's it's next to impossible to get one to even look inward long enough to go. Oh, could mm. be me. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's kind of like it goes right around along with the bell curve that we're on right now. As far as like this is just more prominent all the way around. Mental health is an issue all the way around, right. and so it stands to reason that yeah, you're going to see more of these in your life. And how how they you know they manifest for me is one you can't get one to take responsibility they'll never apologize for anything they've ever done and the gaslighting is unbelievable oh, where you think yes. you're nuts yeah they'll make you feel that because way because yeah just like they'll make i didn't you feel say that way. you're and then it, it seems like that if you're <clears throat> discussing a topic and you're like okay so we're talking about this then everything that you've ever done seems to come back up into the conversation about well women like, have very long <laughs> memories don't we right so so that that's a whole i'm other so topic glad i'm my father's son into. that way my father is like you know what we, we boom you explode and then okay we're done all right good can we women can, we're, can we're we go have lot, fun now right. you know we're, we're, <laughs> we're a lot different there there is no one and yeah. done oh, yeah. i didn't know, you know it was a we man, have long man and woman thing yeah yeah but uh yeah and then um, you, you'd never hear an apology. No. Like I said to a buddy of mine the other day, I'm like, dude. So do you have people in your life that you, you suspect, of course, without naming names, that uh, that may well, have maybe somewhere on the spectrum? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. But I think it's interesting how you say, okay, NPD is a very specific mental illness, mm-hmm. and he, here's the qualifications. And just right. because you display traits, mm-hmm. like I display traits of narcissism, I'm sure people – some people think I, I I'm way off the scale on, on, on narcissism if mm. you just go by my social media or stuff like that. And why is that? Um, I don't. But like, I, I think don't... we have a little bit OCD. You know, I I don't like when people joke about oh I'm OCD. No, you're not. No. But we all do like well, counting and and, 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 you and know, again this is this is another show topic is what is normalcy? I mean, how do mm. we define what normal is? Mm-hmm. It, there is no defining feature for normalcy so i think we're all on a spectrum somewhere with something Mm -hmm. 
You know, I've never met somebody and, and said, wow, what a normal human being. You know, they, <laughs> that just doesn't exist. That doesn't healthy exist. mental individual. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that yeah. just does not exist. Yeah. It's interesting where you draw the line. I guess it's in the fat part of the bell curve. The the people that are, you know, getting along with in society. That, and then once you get out into the, the tail end of the distribution where the minority of people are with who have very serious problems. And for me, that's always... If you can see it, somebody that's seriously affected by the complete condition, mm-hmm. then you can back it off into people that have a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. And so, and so that's why I think it's interesting. You know, I'm not trying to you know, make people sick or put labels on them or what have you, but I mm-hmm. think it's interesting that you know we all have narcissistic personality. Uh, we all on, have traits. We all, we traits all have traits. It, right. You know, and but but again, going back to my friend and her judgment, and I, I guess you can tell by now, I hate judgment. I hate judgment of any kind. I've been judged my whole life, and I just hate it, hate it, hate it. I can't stress that enough. I, I just think there's so much more behind people than what meets the eye. And until you delve into the, you peel back the onion layers of every person, you should never put them under some kind of, you know, judgment. Well, and that's so true as far as, like, clean your own room first. Yes. You ain't so great either. Right. And you, you have ten. You can claim perfection. Well, it's, and we're also prone to just absolute evil. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, we're human, right? Yes. And, like, yes. The, these Nazi guards... There were normal people just like you and I, and we could be. You think, oh no, I would I, stand against that kind of, mm-hmm. you know, no. And it, there's power know, in numbers, isn't there? And yeah, uh, it's a an ideological brainwashing or what have you. That like these people, you know, and there is some element of like, oh, do this or we'll kill your family. There was some of that, but mm-hmm. no, they mainly bought into a lie, mm-hmm. and they thought that this was virtuous of some some way which is very interesting because if you read about adolf hitler he's another one that was pegged as npd right so these people have jim jones another one so Mm -hmm. these people are are very powerful influential people and that is quite scary because Mm -hmm. they can influence the masses and we know how jim jones how things ended with that Mm -hmm. Uh, people are easy led a lot Mm -hmm. of people are easy led by numbers and by influence Hmm. I wonder why that is lacking in their life. I think, again, it's a whole other topic, uh, but I think people just want something to believe in at the end of the day. They just want something or someone to believe in, in this effed up world. Well, they it's want, gotta, you it's know, speak to something that's missing, though, first that they're filling a hole mm-hmm. with and whether that's. You know, personally or or what? I'm not sure. Well, sure. And some people fill it with alcohol. Some people with porn. Some people with opiates. Some people Mm. with, you know, influential, powerful people. Yeah. Now, is this? Do you think this is this is something that's hereditary or mostly influenced by your like care or nurture or what do they call it? You know, nature nature versus nurture. Well, I think again, with every disorder, there are several components. Um, at play so you have genetics you have hormones you have environment you have personal relationships uh, specifically when you were a child you know Mm -hmm. how how you were those are crucial you know those are crucial years when child development Um, how you got along with your mother how how you got along with your father you know how you were right 
um, if you were an only child as opposed to a child with several siblings. So all of these come into play in the formation of different mental illnesses. There really isn't one component that we can pinpoint down and say, ah, that's what started that, right? And everybody's different. Everybody, it's individualistic. It's very individualistic. I think it's uh, interesting how we can hold on to an injury from three years old. And Mm -hmm. usually there is a major injury. I don't Mm -hmm. mean a physical injury, but I mean just some traumatic event um, that something's wrong. Mm -hmm. Just something's really wrong. You know, I use the idea of the... You know, the the kid that plays in the sprinkler in the front lawn, that is his paradise. Mm-hmm. And it, and um, one day he goes out and he's playing in the sprinkler and something's really wrong. He doesn't know what it is. All he's got is like it feels like his leg's on fire. Mm-hmm. And he's screaming. He doesn't mm-hmm. know what's up. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he got stung by a bee. That happened to me. That's not a bee. Are big... you taking this from my archives no, when I was no. a kid? Okay. Just checking. Um, Does that that ex- that exact scenario happened to me? But then, hanging onto the injury looks like he doesn't go back into the sprinkler ever again without shoes on. Mm-hmm. And kind of how he gets through life is kind of like being really careful, sure, because he did something wrong, or in in that moment he mm-hmm. decided he was bad, mm-hmm. that he had done something wrong, and mm-hmm. that he was paying for it now, mm-hmm. and for the rest of his life. And these are, there's three stages that are very important, I think, where these injuries come up. One's the awkward phase when you're a teenager, I think, where you don't belong. Mm-hmm. One's when you're really, you know, like, in that three- or four-year-old stage where something's wrong. Right. I can't remember what the other one is, but this exercise made us, like, identify. It took me, I still, I don't think I could find the one when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. The one that, like... I oh, awkward in high school. Oh, I could come up with a hundred thousand of those times same, when you same. know. Same. I don't think anyone. But it was a, felt- such a cool exercise because many people that really got present to that injury of three or four years old really were able to diffuse it by going, "Oh, I made that up. Mm-hmm. I wasn't wrong. I wasn't bad. I had, you know, it wasn't because I wasn't careful. It was a bee." bees it happens it was a freak of nature and but to carry that injury forward to realize at 50 years old that you're living your life based on an event that happened when you were three and four but more importantly a lie that you created that's not actually true there was nothing wrong with you then there's nothing you know right and you don't have to be careful right you don't have to wear slippers in the yard all the time Mm -hmm. figuratively Mm -hmm. as going through life yeah but isn't that fair to say though that you know that would play upon people's sensitivities and and the amount of strength that people have and everybody's different again it's it's very individual how people handle any kind of trauma whether it be a minor one or a major one Mm. I mean, we see it all the time, you know, people that, well, maybe not all the time, but in the news, you know, people who have been in car accidents and their whole family has perished and somehow they go on and you think to yourself, wow, like how much fortitude does it take and strength to get through something like that? Whereas you see other people that can't handle a flat tire. So again, I think it's, it's very individually based, um, how people react to, any kind of trauma. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. 
Um, getting back to the, did we uh, get into strategies at all? Do you have any of these like conversations or like I know it's like I said, impossible. I deal mostly, Jim, with um, people what? who are the victims. Yeah, so would you recommend a tit for tat, freeze them out, go silent? Like, I mean, this is the narc. Definitely not the, tit for tat. The, the narc is the, the classic go well, silent on you type dangerous. thing. So you don't want to do the tit for tat. You don't want to do that. And I'm I would more never dangerous. In practice. <laughs> yeah, I would never recommend that in practice ever um, because that can only end badly. Um, but definitely a first step is just sitting down and talking with somebody about with the person that you're in a relationship with because normally it's the person you're in a relationship with who has identified these characteristics or it's friends or it's a family member and when you have somebody who's objective sitting across from you who can look and say okay yeah this you're you know you're showing signs just even in talking showing signs i love that right like the showing signs me 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 i i i um you know, everybody's envious of them, right? They can do no wrong. So there's red flags that can come up in simple conversation that can be picked up during therapy. But it's getting that person in the therapy seat. Mm. And that, if if we can come up with a better strategy to do that, like I said, I've never directly dealt with somebody with NPD. I've done tons of research on it. But I've dealt with the people who have been impacted by it. Do you think it's hard for some people to see themselves as a victim? Absolutely. Because I was Absolutely. like, I'm not that guy. But I remember I, I went like a checklist one time. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, like seriously? Yeah. Like I have like. Oh my God. What, you were looking through the NPD? No, oh. of like, uh, I think it was signs that you're being abused in a relationship. doesn't matter who it is. It could yeah. be your mother, father, brother, sister, whoever. Mm. And I'm like, oh, But again, shit. remember we were talking about this, the hypochondriasis that can happen when you read lists or you Google. Don't do any of those things because oh, yeah, you're whatever. apt to find yourself somewhere on that list. I remember, yeah, a, f- a girlfriend of mine, she went through for, I don't know, a psych or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, she self-diagnosed in the course and then got jumped on. She was on 20 milligrams a day or something like that, like a big dose. Wow. Of what? Oh, pro- I can't remember what Prozac? she took. Prozac? But she didn't get out of bed a lot, man. She was... And and then she drank on it as well. Oh, that's that, like, that's bad. That's yeah, really, really and bad. I mean, yeah. I lost track of her, but it, like that it was, was a girlfriend of yours. Yeah, way back. Oh dear. And um, I had no idea, and she did. She kept it from me. Mm. So when I found out she was medicated, and like you know, uh, I think a mutual friend of ours was <laughs> like, "Don't tell Jimmy about the pills." Because yeah. he's like not, he hates mm. pharmaceuticals, right? And that brings us so to she another just topic. Kept it. She just kept it, it. and then I was like, "Oh, this changes everything." And no wonder. Yes. Like if I had known, at least you could, you know, piece some of it off. Well, you know, and, like, and I think a lot of people, you know, these, you know, a six foot four big buff guy is going to be a little bit apprehensive to say to anybody that he's been had by somebody with NPD, right? Like it's 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 embarrassing. Yeah, there you go. To a Pride. certain degree that mm-hmm. you've been um you've been had. Perfectly. You've been had. That's exactly what you said, yeah. You've been sold. And I think it's interesting especially 
like in a romantic sense, if you're in a relationship with like the beginning mm-hmm. is like the showering and the cell, like the, yes. like, and then yes. you're like love bombing. Yeah. That's another <laughs> situation entirely. And it goes with narcissistic personality. That's disorder. part of the hook, I guess. Right. Yes, we all want to be told how amazing we are, and we all want to be—we all want to have that one person who loves us. And and there's nothing wrong with that inherently. There isn't anything wrong with that. And I don't want somebody who's listening who maybe has a new relationship and has a person on the phone right now saying to them, "I love you so much," to think, "Oh my God, this person has NPD." No, I'm not suggesting that. It's when it is beyond reason. Right. Like this person is sending you diatribes of love that are, you Mm. know, arm's length texts and they can't live without you. And, you know, showing up with the gifts all the time. All the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is a red flag in and of itself. And Mm -hmm. so is narcissistic rage. That's another terminology that's uh, Mm. regularly used in, in this disorder. Uh, when you, and again, this goes back to getting somebody to sit in the therapy chair. Well, they will explode in anger if they are told that there is something wrong with them, that they are doing something wrong, that they are exhibiting some of these traits. They will go into full-on rage. And that's why I say tit for tat probably is not a good idea with some of these people. Again, very dependent on who you're dealing with. Well, yeah, and you know the 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 man and and you wants to say, <laughs> you know, no, I'm gonna fight. You, yeah, and you're yeah. not gonna get the best of me, and I'll beat you at this game, mm-hmm. and you won't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just what do you mean with somebody who's suggesting you go to therapy? Is that... no, it was an arc. Oh yes. Oh yeah, and yeah. just give it right back to him. Oh yeah, you want? Oh, I can, I can act like a narcissist. I can, I can play your game because you're showing me exactly how to do it. Right. And but yeah. when they go into these rages, it was also suggested. And again, nothing that I say here, I want viewers to take and and write down and and compare notes with. This is just for mm-hmm. fun banter, okay? But it was also suggested that Ted Bundy had narcissistic personality disorder and we know we all know how that ended so these people these people are unpredictable um particularly when they're in a state of rage and so against our better judgment because i'm the same way as well i'm somewhat vindictive so if somebody's doing something to me right then and it's probably the eastern european in me Like, you know, I just, you want to get back at them, but it's against your better judgment because there are, there are sometimes severe repercussions. I do know one of my clients who who was in a relationship with somebody with NPD and she was beaten very badly uh, at the suggestion to him that there was something wrong and that she wanted him to go to therapy with her. So there are Mm. sometimes severe consequences to um, trying to give retribution. Mm-hmm. How about, uh, I saw somebody on your wall was t- uh, asked about uh, recovery, I think. And you're like, oh, yes. Lots and lots of therapy and ways of 
dealing with people so that you are more intuitive as to what the signs are of people with this disorder so that you can avoid going back into a relationship with somebody like this. I think that's lots of therapy to rebuild self-esteem. Self-esteem is crucial because these people will tear down your self-esteem. They never want you to think that you are above them. So they will tear down your self-esteem. So it's important to build yourself back up and also to be alerted to the signs and symptoms of what narcissists will do to manipulate and exploit people. Because mm-hmm. when it's like Oprah said, right? When you know better, you do better. I had to throw an Oprahism in there. I had to. Sorry about <laughs> that, everyone. Oprah. Sorry. You don't like Oprah? No. Okay. Well, it. we won't. We won't go there. What's next? Okay. We we, we yeah. We throw won't. a Serena, Serena Williams quote at me. Mm. That's so great to we see her quit here. yesterday. Really? Quitter. Canadian wins. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm interested in the recovery and the strategies um, to keep, because like I said, some 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 of these people, you choose just to keep in your life, right? And like if it's- Well, they a, make you feel good in no, the beginning. No, not only that, I mean, um, some as much as you want to, they're close enough that you, there's some relationships you just can't get out mm, of, right? Right. Like it's not a significant other, but like, you know- a parent or a brother, a sibling, or something like that. Sure, so sure. I, I'm always interesting, interested. What strategies to stay in conversation with them look like, so that you don't lose your mind. Mm-hmm. And also, going back to the, you know, I get therapy. Yeah, yeah. But from what I can tell, it's you need to be like if you can cut it off. It's like gangrene, right? You have to empty the arm before it kills you. Mm-hmm. Because it will. Mm-hmm. So anything I've seen, if there's a choice, you cut and run. Mm-hmm. You just you're done. No contact at any level ever. And because until they get help, I absolutely agree with that. The, uh, what is the history of a narc calling you up and going, you know what? I saw the light. I got therapy. I'm good now. It just doesn't happen. No, like no. for anyone that I know, no. they're gonna die a narc. Mm-hmm. They're gonna like they will just never get it. That's why. Well, I'm it, always it, interested in a strategy for the people that have to stay in the relationship. What's a, what's a strategy to protect yourself so that you don't you're not gaslighted to to mental your own mental illness? Well, I don't know that I that I agree that you uh, clarify what you mean by having to stay in a relationship because I don't that doesn't jive with me. I think if things aren't good and you're not getting treated the way you should be treated. Then yeah. there's always opportunity. Well, let's say to it's run. a it's a grandmother to your child or something. So you choose. Oh, you you're want talking the child familial to, relationships. Yeah, you want do you want that child to have a relationship? It's better than cutting her out forever. Okay, so you know? so then you do it supervised. So then you do it supervised. Yeah, you make sure that you are always present, um, because narcissism can also be a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful that this um, young child is not around somebody who is a malignant narcissist because they will learn some of the techniques oh no i'm, ta- I'm not even the... talking about the child because I, I think the children are resilient to that kind of stuff like what do they care like i mean i i feel like they're more resilient than i would be I, i'm more looking like okay so you want you you need to keep this relationship together for the child's sake let's say it's good to have him in in, in a relationship with his grandmother let's and i'm inventing this obviously <laughs> right. um but then how do you protect yourself so that you don't go mental 
trying to keep a relationship together that's like obviously you have a limited relationship as, as far as if it's your mother that's torturing you like you've learned and that's why I think once you've been burned you don't need to you don't need to learn the signs of an arc. You can see them coming from 100 feet. That you're absolutely like you, right. In the dark. You're absolutely <laughs> right. Unless you're an extremely naive person, which mm-hmm. they exist as well. So there are people that I've seen um, that have been in several relationships, if you can believe it, with somebody who's got NPD. Uh, sometimes the, the signs aren't very open. They're not, they're not, they're not covert. They're, they're, they're out in, they're not out in the open. So it's very easy to hide their true identity through a facade. And I think we were talking about that on the Facebook feed as well, mm-hmm. was the facade that a lot of these people, uh, some of these people are high ranking businessmen. You know, they're not just uh, serial killers or no. people that we, you know, we deem bad people. And it can be a great they, personality trait for functionality because you're going to be an overachiever. You're going to be like, you're going to be driven like yes. no one else. Yes. So, uh, you know, I can see why a it's lot of It's not all bad. Well, it becomes bad just like any disorder when it impacts your life negatively. Mm-hmm. And that's another take home point is it has to impact your life negatively for it to be become a disorder. Mm-hmm. Or someone else, someone else's life, like we were just discussing. Mm-hmm. Like, have you been on the receiving end of of a person who has been what you looking back has been NPD? Like, have you been? Oh on the, yeah, yeah, more times than I ever knew before. So, speak from experience, see, because I'm very intuitive and empathic. I've been able to derail. <laughs> people who have come into my life who I right away saw the red flags. So I've never been on the receiving end of that, fortunately. So what signs did you see that jumped out at you? Oh, it's all hindsight for me. Now I see them. Okay. Now I can see them from 100 feet in the dark. Right. Before I was like, you know. Right. But now looking back, yeah, the love bombing, the gaslighting, Mm -hmm. and the complete... Um, lack of uh, personal responsibility, no empathy. Mm-hmm. Like the list goes boom, 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 the projection. Yes. So, you know, painting on me what you, you you struggle with. I'm not like, I'm so secure in so many ways as mm-hmm. far as like who I am. Right. I'm sure I've got some insecurity somewhere, but like when you're being gaslit, I'm like, <laughs> well, they, they make you, you they make you second guess yourself you can't even believe they, that yeah and maybe over time yeah but i think now it, it would be instant you know as far as like yeah i've seen that before and i don't really need to spend time with this moving forward so i choose but you know sometimes you know, you can't you can't do that. So that's why I'm interested in not only the recovery, but the strategies to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, because sometimes, you know, you just you, you you're choosing that relationship, albeit at a, a limited functionality, probably because you're like, well, well that's geez, what I was just going to say. I'm not going to leave myself. Make open. it a limit. Make it limited. You know, put mm-hmm. your limitations on that relationship. So as soon as you start seeing even in conversation that things are starting to get you're starting to see the hallmark symptoms arise even in in conversation you cut it off you just say mm-hmm. okay well we've had enough of a visit today 
See you later. Until perhaps they get the point that what they're doing is not approved of and they will have limited amounts of time with a loved one as a result. So there is consequences to their actions. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yep, yep. It's not it's not giving um it's not being vindictive. It's showing them that the way that they're behaving is not copacetic with you. And therefore, they're going to have limited relationships as a result. Even if it's with a grandchild, even mm. with, if it's with their son, even if it's with their mother, whoever it might be. Because that's how true change comes about, is through consequence. So if we can instill consequence, then hopefully change will change will occur. Mm. It, that's, that's another dead giveaway. The one that doesn't have relationships with any of the important people in their mm-hmm. lives. You're like, oh, so... Not many friends. You fight with everyone? Yes. Even your closest family members are... Right. And you know, and and this this disorder is interesting too, for for many reasons, but but not the least of which is because it is linked with so many other ones. You know, antisocial personality disorder. That's a whole other can of worms. Um, But again, the link between the two of those is a lack of empathy. Which, oh, okay. it, with with your antisocial personality in, in kids, you can so start seeing borderline signs. Borderline, too? Borderline personality disorder? Is that lacking empathy as well? It can be. It can be. It depends. Again, you're not going to have a textbook version of a disorder in, in any given person. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that in medicine oh, either, right? You're going to have a, a list of symptoms and you're using deductive reasoning to see which one this person may or may not have. Um, and you're doing that through looking at different, you know, the different clinical pathways and seeing, okay, this fits with this person, but this person doesn't have that. And you're sort of, like I said, using reasoning behind why you're coming up with a diagnosis. So borderline personality disorder uh, you can sometimes have people who do not have do who don't show empathy, mm-hmm. right? But there's a whole host of other things that people with that disorder will have as well. So it's not mm-hmm. just you know one again one size doesn't fit all with every person. Every person is different. Um, but to be diagnosed, you have to have a certain amount on that list of nine with NPD mm. uh, to be diagnosed. So again, that goes back to our conversation that we were having about how most people have traits, but they don't have the disorder. Right. And Aspects. it's very, very interesting that we make the distinction there because it's not fair to label people. Right? It's not fair to label people. And that's, uh, that's very, very, very important key as well is not... Our society wants to put people into pretty little boxes and say that because they're exhibiting this sign and this sign and this sign, ah, that's what you have. And that's not necessarily so. At least it hasn't been for me in my practice. So I'm just speaking from experience. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you haven't come across any any full-blown uh 
people with you know and well i guess well the chances should be that you you're attract you get just as many victims as you get well i guess you wouldn't actually you get way more victims <laughs> yeah unfortunately <laughs> they they go through quite a few right they're they're not uh it doesn't matter how many failed relationships they have; they'll go on to the next one. Yeah, they're shapeshifters, right? Yes. So they just they just get a new supply yes. and then they glom on. Yes, and the narcissistic they, supply. That's until another they term wear, that's wear it out as soon as you readily and, used. And it's just like they go from job to job too, because once they f- figure you out, then you're yes, you know, yeah. most people are like, okay, well, well, when, when they can't around. use you anymore, mm-hmm. then they move on to the next victim because. You're used goods now, right? So, so they, so they have to find fresh new, meat, fresh meat, a new victim, hmm. right? And 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 it is, it's a scary disorder. But again, like I was saying to you earlier, it's rare. It's actually a rare disorder. Hmm. It's not very prevalent. We throw these words out, NPD, all the time. You hear it all the time now in the mass media. Oh yeah. But it actually is a rare disorder. Now again. Lots of people have all the traits or some of the traits, but that doesn't necessarily mean you have the disorder. Mm. It's when it becomes a problem in your life or in the life of another person. In addition to all of those symptoms that we're looking at a disorder. Mm. And then cross it with the psychopath and you got to. Oh, and then you've got, you've got a made for TV movie. Yeah. (laughs) Or a documentary. I'm like documentary queen. I didn't see the Bundy I, tapes or whatever. Oh, I did. It, but, I did. Um, like right when I've it came out. I've heard that, you know, him referred to as as a narcissist before. Mm-hmm. And, he was uh, very charming. All reports. I actually, I don't know what this says about me, but I've read autobiographies about him. I've, I, you know what I mean? I've read all kinds of um, books about, you know, his confessions and and things of the like and he was just he was so charmed you would have never guessed that he had all of these thought processes Mm. which is even more scary that people like him are among us you know and a lot of us are just we're none the wiser just like that colonel russell too like who would have ever thought that he was capable of the things that he did. Hmm. But again, there's that thought that they're above the law, that they'll never get t- that they'll never get caught. Hmm. So it's very interesting stuff. How's it break down with sex? Men, women. What more men. The, more yeah. men. Sorry guys. More men. <laughs> Sorry, Jen. It's uh Yeah. Driven maybe by testosterone, I don't know. Again, and that goes back to the whole genetics, uh, you know, because biology. You, when you see genetic makeup, these hormonal, these guys at the top of the hierarchy, like the top of the CEOs and whatever, you, you, what you think they're they're normal? These guys are working seventy, eighty, ninety hours a week. They are just to have a bigger bonus than the next guy, like the competition level. And you ever watch you, American Psycho? Did you watch that movie? No, with Christian Bale. Oh, I think I did. Oh yeah. Now there's a prime example. Oh, there's a lot of I mean that ago. that's probably one of my favorite movies. Again, I don't know what that says about yeah, me. He but was sick, eh? He was. I don't, I don't remember it that well, but I do remember him being a freaking monster. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Again, no empathy. 
So if you yeah, looked at that, of, uh, Christian Bale, it's one of his first ones, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, it was uh, again. That was one of my one of my favorite movies. I uh, because you could pick up on so many different traits with him. I, I found myself analyzing him more than watching the movie. Right. I I found myself just sort of mesmerized by how sociopathic he was. Yeah, he was outrageous off the hook. Yeah. Yeah, that might be worth a re- I, you know I think I think you sometimes, need to revisit that, Jim. Sometimes I revisit these mu- movies and think, oh, I'm going to see this movie again. And then I'm thinking, mm-hmm. what the, what was I thinking? This I'm more into feel-good movies now, I think. Uh, <laughs> see, I, I like the documentary because it's real. I don't want fiction. Oh, yeah, I'm totally You know what I mean? Guy. I don't want to know about Holly Weird. And I, I want to know. I can hardly real... find a movie that's even holds my interest anymore. Like Documentaries? A... Are you kidding? Oh, no, the documentaries oh, for sure. Say. But fiction is just like, I can't remember the last great movie I saw. It was probably when I was a kid. Like a great movie. I, know, I don't know. Same. Some war movies maybe are great. Same. But, um, that, yeah, like, there's nothing like The Lost Boys, for example, hmm. right? Or uh, Stand By Me. Yeah, or Pretty in Pink. Or like the list goes Stand on and on and on. Classic. Stand by mm-hmm. me was an amazing mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And poor River Phoenix. I loved River Phoenix. Oh, yeah. I really loved him. Yeah, that was a good flick, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was it ever? Yeah. So what are we going to talk about now? What's so? We've covered NPD. Mm-hmm. We've covered somewhat of the course of treatment because, uh, like I said, there really isn't a magic pill that you can take to eradicate yourself from this disorder. Um, you just have to see the consequences of your behavior if you're ever able to see the consequences of your behavior or if you want to see the consequences of your behavior. That's key, too. Do you want to see the consequences? Because some people turn a blind eye conveniently. Yeah. So it's very dependent on... And these people have tunnel vision when it comes to themselves. They just see perfection. Hmm. So how do you how do you tarnish that? How do you without bringing out the rage component. Hmm. There always seems to be something wrong. Mm-hmm. With them or just No, in just like it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter. The day could be perfect. Mm-hmm. But there's a meltdown in there somewhere. Right. It's all you see that more with borderline personality disorder. You see more of the meltdowns. Oh, I know that one. Did you see well the too. movie Fatal Attraction? Again, one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know what Long that says about ago. me. The bunny boiler? Yeah. Yeah. She was classic borderline personality disorder. Oh. Couldn't be left alone. Needed constant attention. Glenn Close did an amazing job. So did Michael Douglas. Mm. One of my favorite movies. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You like the movies with all the sickos in it, eh? Don't they make for the best characters? I think, well, I think it's because I've always been enthralled by mental health. Like, I've always, since I was a young person, I've always analyzed people. I don't know if the conclusions I came to were correct or not, but I always found myself analyzing people. So it was just, it was a natural tendency to watch a movie and say, oh, I think he's got that, or I think he's doing Mm. this, or she's doing that. So, yeah. I'm also interested in how it breaks down with the big five personality type too, because you, if you say more more men have it, then mm-hmm. they have a proclivity for a certain personality type too. They're, you know. So I wonder 
<clears throat> if you know if you're looking at the big five you know if there's a personality type that's more susceptible to it huh. big five yeah because the the openness you talk about hollywood open agreeable that whole you know um men don't suffer that they're you know mm-hmm. on the other end of the spectrum and mm-hmm. then um yeah i just I, f- I find it interesting as far as like i didn't really know like politically let's say mm-hmm. oh we're we going are we going political no i'm just saying like you're born <laughs> conservative yes and you're born liberal mm-hmm. like these are you whatever. think you're born that way uh, some of it's the environment, but mostly, yeah, your personality type is really important. And mm-hmm. men and women have certain proclivities, obviously, not stereotyping straight well, across Well, I think the board, it's the way you're raised, too. I mean, yeah, if you're, bit, if you're raised by staunch liberals, chances mm, are, really? Well, oh, are you? Born into it. Yeah. And, it, you know, you look at it like women are more agreeable as a general mm. sense. Mm-hmm. And so as a result... They're, I guess it depends on the woman. No, agreeable is not in the sense of like agreeing to get along. But right. yes, it's like when you use it as a as a personality aspect or mm-hmm. whatever they call it. It's so how it manifests is uh, men are more disagreeable. That's mm-hmm. why they're in jail mm-hmm. mostly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's also why they make more money sometimes because they will negotiate hard for their check where the agreeable ones like well yeah i'm i don't want to make waves right you know right um so i wonder if npd kind of has a is more skewed towards one person than another it would it would you would think like neuroticism obviously is going to have a high propensity for that disorder and you would think that well anxiety too anxiety too, too because um Behind this grandiose exterior is usually a person who suffers from a very frail self-esteem. Okay, so this is almost a compensatory mechanism. Absolutely. The NPD. Hmm. Right? And I think, again, this goes back to basic biology. Testosterone (laughs) produces different traits than estrogen. I prefer one to the other. Right? There was an interesting study about estrogen... And how, you know, women are notorious for doing a balancing act. Like we're able to do three different things at the same time. And there was a study based upon estrogen and how that interplays with being able to balance multitask, basically. So I found that pretty, pretty interesting because most men that I know, and again, this isn't... Uh, I'm a multi monotasker. <laughs> so I go I go I go start five, six, seven, eight projects and then I go from one to the other and we just go Right, but do you not, do them at the same time? That's No, no, I'm that's, a multi monotasker. Okay, I can only do okay. one thing at a time. Fair enough, fair enough. Because you don't have a lot of estrogen. Well they, well they say you can't you can't hear two things at a time, you can't read and listen at the same time. Like it's very difficult. You can all, we have a a very narrow bandwidth of consciousness like if you could measure it uh somebody are you said, talking about humanity as a whole yeah, or are you yeah, talking yeah. about men no just people <laughs> okay i think uh who was it the other day measured it as something like four bits like oh. like your your conscious bandwidth to focus like it's so 
narrow. Well, it'd be interesting to see people like Deepak Chopra and Gandhi if they have that same bandwidth, wouldn't it? Yeah, all, all, all that's a whole stuff. other program, Your I consciousness think. But that, is very, I think yeah. some people are able to, through meditation, um, even yoga, are able to bring themselves to a higher state of consciousness. And of course, taking drugs, I mean, we all know that, um, can Man's. take you to different places. Man's uh, constant craving there. Yeah. Uh, we've only just always wanted to change the chemical makeup of the mind. And uh, it's funny you mentioned yoga because yoga really started to mess with my mind and in a good way. Like, I mean, I'm preparing my meals based on when I'm doing yoga because I don't want to be digesting. Wow. You know, you know we're at the dock the other day and he's like, here, have a beer. I'm like, no, I can't. I'm going to yoga. What do you mean? Wow. So what? So you oh, you're not going to get drunk. No, you're not going to get drunk of on one beer. I said, yeah, but I don't want to be burping. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be gassy. I don't want to be digesting. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Like, I mean. Do you do the hot yoga? Yeah. Wow. And it's it's amazing what comes out of you. And then when you come out of it, you're like, oh, so I shouldn't probably ram that hamburger at the fast food joint on the way home. So so it's a lifestyle yeah but it creeps on your mind like really right away like quickly you're already like okay well if you ever want to watch and i'm sorry i I don't mean to cut you off mid-sentence but i while the thoughts in my head i have to tell you i have a lot of vegan friends and if you ever get a chance this is sort of on the same wavelength as what we're talking about because it's a lifestyle if you ever get a chance to watch a documentary, watch Forks Over Knives. Oh, I watched it the you. other day, yeah? and I'm Maybe. not vegan, and I'm strongly considering it because oh, they make good points in that. I'm telling you, it's very persuasive. Yeah? Very persuasive. Which is why I haven't read the book Eating Animals. <laughs> I'm not right. going to Forks Over Knives, spoons. I'm good with all straws. Good. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. I don't care how mm-hmm. I get my meat, where it comes from, or my dairy, my blood and pus. I don't care how much is antibiotics are in there. It tastes good on top of the food chain. It does. But, I did. But, uh, but the I ramifications did. on your health, and they, I'm telling you, as a person We're who has all medical background, die. you know how many things I, I know, do that are bad for me. Not, I don't really. If I really care. You know what, Jim? I remember being around a campfire, and my friends will totally know who I'm talking about here. And having your same argument. Well, we're all going to die one day. We should do what we want, when we want, how we want it. And now after watching these documentaries and talking to, and I'm telling you, the universe is conspiring against me with this because Uh I find people in every avenue, no matter where I'm at. If I'm at a coffee shop, I meet a vegan. If I'm at the grocery store, I meet a vegan. Everywhere I turn, I meet a well, vegan. Well, because that's I, the first thing they say. Hi, I'm a <laughs> vegan. No, but it, it's interesting because they're drawn to me and I'm drawn to them. And it's almost like it's I'm the universe very, telling me you have to try this. So maybe I'm going to try it. Very sorry. My friends are, are probably clapping on the other side of the screen right now hearing me say that. But it's a very, very per- persuasive documentary. Hmm. And I suggest exactly strongly well, I'm suggest not watching it. Okay, because I'm right, very easily persuaded. Fair enough. I tried and my I pitch. I like my steak. I, you know what? I tried my pitch. <laughs> if you're not going for it, then I'm not going to keep trying. So that's cool. Well, I appreciate the time. Let's tell everyone how they can get a hold of you on social media. And uh, so I have a Facebook page. You're a Packer fan. 
Yeah. I forgot to mention uh, you're a Packer fan. I did. I've, I've been kind of promoting you this week. I've done a couple of videos on YouTube and whatnot, and I've been, kinda, I've been calling you out for being a Packer fan. What's the address? Packer. Oh, it's, uh, oh, geez. Twitter, Packer Elizabeth? Packer Elizabeth, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And you'll see my name in Hebrew there as well because uh, I'm Ukrainian and there's some Jewish ancestry in there as well. So mm -hmm. I had to put the Hebrew in there. Did so. you get your 23andMe done? I didn't, but my mom did. And, oh, yeah? and surprisingly, we're mostly Ukrainian, which was very surprising because I was born in England. So my dad is full Brit, has the accent and everything, right? And I was born there in Reading. So I thought naturally, you know, I'm mostly British. Well, it turns out I'm mostly Ukrainian, which is kind of cool, right? Have you done that yet? You I have haven't, to do but uh, my father, uh, about maybe close to 10 years ago now, had an older sister that mm. he didn't know about. Okay. Came out of the woodwork and found my father. So wow. they unsealed adoption papers of some sort and wow. whatever year there you could there was more information on your on your relatives yeah so after a lot of um investigation they landed with my mother's phone number asked for jim she said who my son no too young um oh my husband yeah here's his number and they called and said you know it was your mother pauline Yes, from so-and-so. Because Fannin yes. is Irish, is yeah, it not? Yeah. Right. And, um, yes, your mother was from whatever. Yes. Um, she was a goulet. A goulet. Oh, so you got some French in there. So I didn't realize, like, I got a lot of French in me. And, it, like, it kind of. Wow. I don't have any French fans, but uh, <laughs> my dad actually looks like Robert Goulet, like they're distant cousins. We always knew that as kids. Right. But I kind of just. But then when Mary Lou came along, mm -hmm. again, my dad. Who's Mary Lou? My dad's older sister that he didn't know he had until he was 70 years old. Oh, jeez. And she just came out and went like, and so you should see how much they look alike. And weirdest thing. So Graham was, where was she in the Sioux? I think she was in the Sioux, or and you have a large French population. She in the drove, Sioux, right? no, I don't. Yeah, I guess and she drove to Toronto mm -hmm. to put her up for adoption. Oh, but then she married my grandfather, and you know, scandal because she was a devout Catholic woman, oh, right? Oh, yeah, that's a big deal. And yeah. um, she ended up living in Port Colborne. Of wow. all places, she wow. was adopted out and spent her whole life in Port Colborne, 15 minutes from my father. It's unreal. Yeah. I hear a lot of stories like that. I hear a lot of stories like that. And I'm so happy they were reunited. Like, mm -hmm. What a beautiful story. It's cool, story. man. They look alike. They stand alike. They, Another documentary. They alike. Now I'm excited yeah. about my documentaries. Three Strangers, I think it's called. Okay, so triplets identical triplets oh yeah did you do you know which one i'm talking yeah. about I, i'm probably saying the I name couldn't wrong i couldn't finish it to, yeah unbelievable so yeah, twins separated it, at birth purposely he, triplets they were triplets yeah tw triplets, and they yeah. ended up finding each other just well yeah. two of them were at the same school and then two of them well one guy killed himself for sure yes 
I didn't yeah. get through the whole thing. I was starting to like at the end. I was like, okay, come on, man. Yeah, I started losing interest, I think. Did you? Oh, yeah. God, I didn't lose interest in that one. No way. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> I think that was Rogan. Somebody was on Rogan recommended that one. I was like, well, okay, I'll check it out. And I was like, mm, Oh, there's so many good ones. Yeah, it started out good. But then. So many good ones. So many good ones. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So... I wonder if there's, are, is there any other questions you have, anything? Like, I, I know that we sort of skimmed the surface. I mean, like I yeah. said, we could have made this into a research-based, uh, boring uh, sit-down. You know, I could have had all my paperwork and, you know, had my professor glasses on and, and went through the whole diatribe of, uh, you know, the DSM-5 and what constitutes what, but... For the sake of interest, I think it's it's nice to sort of keep it light. And uh, but again, I want to be able to address well, questions. And no, I think we touched on just uh, just about everything that your your peeps were saying. Oh, just can't wait to see on and you know tell us about this. And um, recovery was the one that uh, I remember you saying. Oh, lots we're definitely going to talk about that. Lots and lots of therapy, like I said, and working on rebuilding self esteem. I was going to say drugs. Drugs are good for everything. You don't want to do alcohol. No, 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 no. Drowns no. your sorrows. Now, in my twenties, I would have agreed with you there, and well, shamefully, <laughs> in my thirties too. But honestly, you'd never want to resort to drugs if you don't have to. That's a last. No, I resort, mean for right? the other person. Oh yeah, you know, okay. Keep yeah. them drunk and high all the time. He's, right. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. But I think it's very important that you're building your self-esteem because that's what I see the most are people who are, for all intents and purposes, they're broken. They're broken because the person who love-bombed them in the beginning has torn them down exponentially, and they're trying to see themselves as they once knew themselves. Mm. They don't even know who they are anymore. So it's a war path. Uh, and you're trying to rebuild your identity after dealing with these people. So that's the best thing that I can say. And, and I know it's sort of a laid back response, but therapy, therapy, therapy. Like you need to be sitting down with somebody who's objective, not a friend, somebody who is a licensed professional who can listen to you talk about what you've been through, give you strategies to not find yourself in another relationship like you were fortunate that you were able to differentiate very quickly um these types of people after mm. having your experiences but like i've said i've run into people who have had multiple partners that have had either the the traits or the full-blown disorder well there's a mess there's a magnetism too there right yes yes Everybody, I that, when I was reading the books. It's kind of like the, the empath is the prey. Yes. And the narc is the hunter. Yes. And it's almost like, you know. But you, if you're an intuitive you know, empath. You're in the snare and you're like, what? Yeah. And, and again, just and like now, there's different types. I'm telling of, you, I see them coming around the corner now. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, and you're, you're very fortunate to have that. I don't think I am. I think everything, anyone that gets burned by a narc will know the signs. They don't have to read a book. They know it. They can hear it in their voice. Most people, but not everybody. If you're yeah. an empath. Now, what saved me again is that I'm an intuitive well, that empath. That was a, one of your girlfriends says, intuitive <laughs> why don't I send you every yeah, guy I've ever dated? She is like, oh, I'm not getting a date out of, the of best this interview. One of the people I know. And again, she's empathic as well. 
and without mentioning names, you know, she was the prey and Mm. she's beautiful and she's intelligent and she has everything that any person could ever want. And uh, I think that's why these people sought her out, Mm. you know, so um, it's unfortunate, but I think depending upon the type of empath you are, because there's different types of empaths, like there's different types of NPD, Mm. um, depending upon that, you could find yourself victim over and over again, depending upon who you are. Again, individuality, Mm -hmm. everybody's different. Thank you for your time. That was I, awesome. You know what? I've been waiting to do this a long time yeah. with you, and I'm I'm happy to uh, finally sit down and converse. And I am interested to see what your friendies say. And, oh, it looks like we're still live. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we just had a little lag. I'm interested to see what the, the peeps say. So Okay. Now i got to sneeze like crazy. Oh, no. Are you allergic uh, to me? Give me a... The Twitter address at Packer Elizabeth. Yes, it's I'm. At Packer Elizabeth. I don't I don't generally check out my page, so it's 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 a little rusty. At Packer Elizabeth, you can find her on, on the Twitter. Facebook. I'm on fa- Facebook as Elizabeth Sharma. Right. Um, I have I also have Instagram, but I'll be honest, I don't really use it. Instagram. Uh, so I'm not Instagram. I try to. Um, avoid all facets of social media because it just i honestly i'm doing too much in my life to be able to dedicate so much time to each facet of mm-hmm. social media I, so i'm i'm more just posting now mm-hmm. like i got like i i do succumb to it where you're just you're bored and you're going through the not facebook as much anymore i'm all about twitter it all happens on twitter Facebook's well, everyone so does, boring the, now. does the wake and scroll, like right? Everybody does the well, wake and scroll. Yeah, and then they before try to get away from that right? as well. And, um, and I honestly, I check, I just, it. I check I just my use, messenger a lot because I find a lot of people try to get a hold of me through yeah. messenger. So it looks yeah. like I'm on there a little more than I yeah. should be. I like the Hootsuite, I'm, like the API or whatever they call it. It just goes Twitter, LinkedIn, yes, and Facebook. Yes. Just one post. But you know and what so I like? I'll read articles or I'll go to the article on the t- on the on the Twitter feed. Yeah. And then just share that and then yeah. and you know, uh, when I'm trolling, uh, I'll purposely put it down for multiple hours just because I know I'm going to have like hundreds the of Twitterverse hate is a different kingdom than yeah. Facebook, isn't it? When I troll I mean, certain I, people and I get a good one in really early, yes, and you know, it's sometimes it's just it's just easy, right? And then I, the I, predictable responses come. Oh yeah, and then and then your your notifications just light up because no. you got so many yes. people. Yes. I haven't been ratioed that badly. I want to get to a point where where uh, the, my tweet is so horrific that. My rate, you know what being ratioed is like. If you're doing, tro- yes. if you're trolling properly, mm-hmm. you should be ratioed ten times. Right. So the idea is, is that the comments that tell you you're a fucking idiot <laughs> are ten times the likes. That but you is have, that right? is that what you're going after? That, oh yeah. Like, if you're really? trolling right, you want to okay. be ratioed off the board. Now, okay. It hurts the pride I, I mean, a little bit. Myself, everyone... I tend to just I shy away from politics and I shy away from. Mm. From, from certain um, subjects, because again, I I don't I don't want to judge people. I just I've had my share of that, 
And quite frankly, it sucks. And I don't want to be the perpetrator of that. I don't, and especially in practice, because I've sat down with some pretty funky individuals. And your first thought is, wow, there is not enough therapy that I can give this person to get them to a state of what we call normalcy. But in talking to that person, you start to find beauty in every person. And I'm not just saying this as like, you know, uh, trying to sound too soft or whatever, but I'm just being honest. Like in every person, there's beauty and there's bad, right? And you have to try to get to both aspects, I think, when you're sitting down with somebody in therapy. It's not enough to look at somebody and and judge them based on what they look like, what they've said to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think... So I try not to go the political avenue because of that. Because boy, you're gonna be you're gonna be just. I can imagine. I wish I could say the same, but <laughs> no, I'm a victim. And so and so why it. so why do you just um, out of curiosity? So why do you go that route? What is it that is it just your passion about politics or or well, certain yeah, elements only, of uh, it? Or uh, well, I. For, I've, Ran my first election. I was 24. A Green Party ran many times. Oh, I've, wow. I've red-pilled since then, so I'm more conservative than I am uh, liberal now. Oh, like, okay. Uh, really. I mean, so you switched so, teams? Definitely. Okay. As I've gotten older now, free speech is and why? Science. And why did you switch teams? What was the... Because the left won't stand for free speech, and, they, and they, they've completely detached from science and biology. Hmm. So, like, there are some certain truths on this planet mm-hmm. that you can't get away from. Mm-hmm. There's boys and girls, mm-hmm. and there's one in between, okay? There's some very small instances when you're born with b- both parts, okay? I can't imagine what that would be like, and I can't imagine what it would be like to be a boy and want to be a girl. But can we let them hit puberty first? Mm. This idea that your three-year-old comes to you and says, I want to be a boy, you know, you don't stand, start transition then. So, well, and they won't stand for free speech back in the day when I was a lefty in the early days, you know, free speech was a left idea. Mm-hmm. Now it's right. Now mm-hmm. the, you know, now the left is the, all you see on news, mm-hmm. all you see in big tech, social media, they're all lefties. They're all owned by lefties. They're all work for lefties, the media. And and the conservatives are being run out of town as to being banned from, like I don't care <clears throat> how racist or how sick you are. You should be able to say your piece as long as you're not saying, "Hey, go get this guy." You can't well, incite violence. You know there is no hate speech mm-hmm. unless it's inciting violence. Unless you're saying, "Here's this guy's address. Go kill him. Go hurt him. Go, here's his family." Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Other than that. I don't want to force people underground with censor- censorship mm-hmm. because it's only it only makes it worse. This mm-hmm. is how, you know, you don't want to say that word. But that guy in Germany that did a lot of bad stuff mm-hmm. because, you well, you get demonetized on, on YouTube. They censor you now if you say the, the H word mm-hmm. or the N word, mm-hmm. the, the four letter N word that refers to the H word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's unbelievable the, cens- the level of censorship. So, And I think, you know, that whole idea that it, it rings true a little bit. Like if you don't vote left when you're when you're young, you have no heart. Mm-hmm. If you don't vote right when you're grown up, you, you've got no brain because mm-hmm. people pay taxes and they you know they have experience and lived experience. And, mm-hmm. 
And so there was a couple things, and, and I've changed my mind on capital punishment. I've come around. I've, uh, I'm, I, I can't wrap my head around late-term abortion. I don't know why anyone would need after six months to kill a baby. Mm. Like, I mean, and that's what you're doing. Like, mm. don't give me this. You know, I had a one of a good lefty friend of mine that's a Green Party guy the other day goes, it's not a human. It's a fetus. Mm. Like, you can't. Okay, so there's certain things. If you believe that, we can't talk. Like, mm. there's no level of debate that's going to bring you around mm. because you, you just, so. Well, what if. I've had well, a I change mean, of heart what on if, a lot of it. And I'm not going to tell you on any subject what, what my opinions are because um, I have dear friends that have experienced issues related to everything you've talked about, and I, and I want to be sensitive to that. Um, but I think that there's a lot to be said about not saying right so you can believe in something but you don't necessarily have to say it in such a way that it will incite anger but and again this is again and and it and it depends on the person like i'm not going to tell you what to do and and that's not that's not my scene but i just i prefer like i have my set of beliefs in my heart in my mind my soul and i keep them to me because I know that there are people who are dealing with situations that aren't so black and white, right? They're not so black and white. And, and so when, when, you ta- when you speak of topics that might be sensitive to certain people, I think that's where the problem lays with them, right? Like they're going to get angry that you've brought up a topic in such a way that it paints them in a negative light. But again, I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. I think we need to learn how to converse therapeutically mm -hmm. or at least. And and I agree. I think that I can, and I've sat down with people, my background, I'm Roman Catholic. I go to church on Sunday. I believe in God wholeheartedly. And I have friends who are atheists and I would never begrudge them that. I don't judge them. It, who am I to say anybody's wrong for what they believe in? I love the the, the militant atheists that will fight to the death that there is no God. Like, they know better than anyone else. Well, don't. again, so, uh, and that goes back to what I was saying. about that, Well, and what? that goes back to what I was saying about people just want something to believe in or someone to believe in. Hmm. And this is, again, where we have the Jim Jones come into play and the David Koresh's and um, leaders that did things and manipulated people in in ways that we look back and we look at, and I watched the Jonestown documentary as well, another fascinating documentary. Mm -hmm. You can't believe that these people drank this juice. (laughs) They drank this juice and they died. That's where drinking the Kool-Aid comes from. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the crazy Kool-Aid. Yeah, I mean... People want to fill that void, which I believe we all have in some way, shape, or form with anything that they can. Mm. And unfortunately, sometimes that's with people who are very influential and in the wrong ways. Cool. At Jim Fannin on Twitter, give us a like, give us a sub, share the content if you like it. At Elizabeth Sharma, you see her at the top there in the in the fake book. <laughs> and we'll talk to you. Peace. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.